You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. It's your boy time here and I am back and they are back and everyone's back and look at us boys. We are all back. For an episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar podcast, here we go. I think this might, I think this is the first one of the, 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 the of November, <laughs> maybe even October. <laughs> Whose fault is that? Well, first off, uh, I'm gonna kick this podcast off by saying Happy Thanksgiving. Oh no, uh, we're not getting to that yet. We got to rip on time a little bit first. You know how oh, this goes. Uh, well, my no, thing, no, no. My, my thing was, I'm so tired of ripping on time. I just rather get to these <laughs> holiday questions that I have because I had so much fun this weekend. And I know we're not really going to talk about what we did this weekend, but I'd love to let you guys know what I did this weekend. Um, it looks uh, like you just woke up. Well, no, I, 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 I didn't. I didn't. Um, actually, I did. You know, uh, peer into this glass window. We shoot these very early in the morning on Monday morning. So, boom, in your face. Uh, <laughs> but again, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Let's kick it off by say, let's kick it off by saying this. Tom, I want you to be completely honest with me. Uh, Gary, you as well. Did anybody in your family, or do you know anybody that has already put up Christmas decorations, and it hasn't oh, been Thanksgiving yet? Well, we know Times Mom yeah. has. I about to say, my mom posted a picture on Facebook, and I haven't been able to talk to you since, but she tagged me, and she said, please let D'Angelo know I have all of my Christmas decorations out already. So she's already on you. She's already wanted you to know. Help me she's understand. Up. Just help me understand, Tom. That's all. I mean, it's your mother. Uh, you know, I thought I knew her, but obviously I don't. So help me understand this archaic way of thinking time please please help me understand this and and i it's it's got to be very selfish because if you think of thanksgiving and thanksgiving uh as its meaning not how it started but the true meaning of thanksgiving is family friends uh fellowshipping around uh food correct christmas you look at christmas it's gift giving or gift taking if you will, and it involves literally somebody else getting somebody a gift. So when you so pass you over Thanksgiving, really I, you damn right I'm saying it. You damn right I'm saying it. No, I'm saying yeah. no, but Christmas is really about giving, so is that the true Thanksgiving, if you see what I'm saying? Like, if it's all about giving, so really, so really Christmas is where you give thanks by giving. You see what I'm saying? So maybe I think you're on something. I don't something. see what you're saying. I don't see what you're saying. I'm not <laughs> on anything. I All I'm saying is, is that we'd like to celebrate. You don't, if that's the case, and, and, and ask your mom this. If it makes you feel better around this holiday season that you like to start after, after, after October, if that's where you want to start, then you have the wherewithal and the uh, the know-how to not start at all because what start in January then? Uh, wh- why do you have to start after October 
if you're not going to respect Thanksgiving in the beginning. Start in January then. If it make you feel better and the Christmas tree make you happy, then have it up all 12 damn months. If that's the case, don't put it up after October when Halloween is over and say, oh, it's Christmas time. Oh, it's me. Uh, it makes me feel happy around this holiday season. Oh, it just really get me in the mood and it just makes me happy. D'Angelo, why are you worried about everybody else? Because everybody else's action affects mine. And it affects my emotional state. And I am really damn tired of people disrespecting Thanksgiving time. And your mother is one of those people that disrespect Thanksgiving. Uh, you better go ahead and add, add Cynthia to that because she, I came back from a work trip and she already had our Christmas tree up. So, so did you take uh, it down? No, I didn't take it down. God, she wouldn't let me what, take what it do, down. What, what do you believe in, Tom? What do you believe in? Because it sounds no, like he believes in whatever Cynthia believes in. It sounds like you done bent the knee. <laughs> did you bend the knee? He it sounds like you bent the knee. I bit the knee. You got a wife. You know how it is. Come on now. Don't play me. I will say the Christmas oh. tree's not up before uh, Thanksgiving at D'Angelo's house. No, well, I can attest to that. But I'll, I'll take the time now and apologize for Tom's audio. It is terrible. It's the only way we can get him back onto the podcast. So I'm going to get a little bit of review now. His audio is trash. But yeah, some way we can get him to commit to being on. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like we've had this conversation 47 million times every year. I feel like we had this conversation, and it never changes. It's uh, I think it's hilarious because we haven't got a legit reasoning why at all why people huh. just forget about Thanksgiving. To me, if if you're eating Thanksgiving with a Christmas tree in the room and you see it while you're eating, you're not actually eating Thanksgiving. You're just eating yeah. pre-Christmas. Yeah. And you are part of the problem. You are part of the problem. I, I, I don't understand it, Gary. Some people just need to take these bull by the horns and get control of their lives or get control of of the, the celebration before the celebration. It's unbelievable, man. Well, I will say, here. like, what D does, like, I'm going to steal your thunder because I, I, I've been there for this, actually. Right after Thanksgiving, they do it as a family they yes. put all the Christmas stuff up. They th spend the whole day and they put everything up as a family after Thanksgiving. That's to me, if you're going to, that's a tradition to start as a family, you do it all together and you put everything up and then you take it all down together as well. So it goes both ways. And it's yeah, a good tradition to is. start. Oh, and we lost him. So it's back yeah. to the cinnamon and sugar show. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Can't ever keep time around the whole time. It, see, it, it around sounds around. like it got trouble and got kicked off. I don't know what happened. Yeah, but 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 what about you, Gary? Like, uh, let's just say your your dad or your mom decided right now that they wanted to celebrate Christmas early. Now, there's only I'm, one I, condition. I'm not going to lie to you. If my mom told me her tree was up already, I'd go over there and knock it over. You know what? You're a real man, Gary. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm just I, saying. I, I, I respect. I do not believe in having. I do not believe in Christmas before Thanksgiving at all because Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because it's the only time. Most of the time, you can get all the family, and it's only about food. It's not about presents. Yeah. It's not about getting a gift. It's about just spending time with your family, and I think that's why it's my favorite holiday because that's lost upon a lot of people. A lot of people to get together for Christmas. But Christmas 
more people, more of the kids and people and younger adults, they care more about presence. Even the adults would care about presence. Thanksgiving is not about that. It's about coming together and just hanging out with everybody, eating good food and relaxing and hanging out. And I think that's what it's all about. And I think that's why that's my favorite holiday. I and 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 I agree. With that being said, while we're there on Thanksgiving, let's sit there for a while. Gary, I I I I don't know. I got a question to ask you, man. Because we've all had the conversation that obviously uh we have two different backgrounds. Uh two different cultural backgrounds. Do we? Two different cultural backgrounds. I, I, my ancestry says differently. I know you don't like that, but uh, we got two different backgrounds. My question to you is, is what's on your Thanksgiving plate that it has to be a must? Give me three sides that has to be um, a part of Thanksgiving. Like if you don't have all three of these sides, it's not even a Thanksgiving dinner. Well, it, we, you know, we do know one of yours is hot water cornbread. Absolutely. That's absolutely. yours because you, yeah. you, you speak that praise every year. So uh, we know that's coming. <laughs> so so I, I, I just want to know what, what's your three sides that you have to have in order to classify this a Thanksgiving dinner. One, and then two, God on his truth, because we had an argument about this. And I want to know the absolute truth, Gary. It's Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, same way with you, Tom. What time on Thanksgiving is a suitable time to have Thanksgiving dinner? What what time are we having it? Are we having this at one o'clock? We having it at six o'clock? I mean, are we starving, having eaten all day? What's a suitable time to have Thanksgiving dinner on Thanksgiving, Gary? All right, so I'll start with the food first. So for me, I gotta have stuffing. Stuffing's a staple. It's, it's just a staple for Thanksgiving. So, like, to me, it's a very traditional dish. It's always at it. So I think that's always got to be on my plate because, to me, you could have a lot of the other sides not around Thanksgiving, but stuffing is always a huge part of Thanksgiving. So, to me, it just it stands for a part of Thanksgiving. Uh, yams with marshmallows on top. That is a must for me. Um... And some people don't put the marshmallows on top, but uh, that is something my mom does, and I've loved ever since. And it's a huge thing. It has to be on my plate no matter what. And we just started. This is a newer one, which I know this was for time. Uh, Time had talked about this last year, um, but it got added to ours, I want to say, maybe a few years ago. But green bean casserole got added. And now that has been added. Yes, yes, sir. Perfect. That has got to be Bro. like now. But obviously you, you have turkey, turkey three and ham. of the whitest dishes that you can possibly pick for Thanksgiving, Gary. Well, I went white. with traditional Thanksgiving. <laughs> you went with a traditional white Thanksgiving. Go ahead, Tom. I want to hear your three sides that you got to have right. on Tom, your plate. Oh, before, before time goes, a traditional White would be mac and cheese. I didn't say any of that. I didn't say any of that. You know that. Okay. What you got, Ty? So, you know, I got to start off with a turkey neck. Got to have that at Thanksgiving, along with some hot water cornbread. And then. Still in the Angelos. <laughs> and, then, 
Maybe, maybe, and it's some uh, collard greens. That's Man. my <laughs> the, the funny thing is, collard greens isn't even a traditional dish. I love collard greens. I eat them all the time. I, uh, no, but I, feel like connect, time. I feel like you're trying to connect, Tom. I feel like you're trying to connect. Hey, hey, you know what I'm saying? I, think, I, think I want to bring some more flavor. Uh, no, my, no, actually, my favorite uh, things are like potato salad with raisins in it. That's a straight southern thing. <laughs> oh, that's a white thing. No, that's here. southern. Yeah, that's a white thing. We don't put we don't put raisins in the potato hey, salad, bro. Who's we? What do you mean we? Go, people? go, go, go ahead. Yeah, Tom. what do you say we? Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> so no, but for real, mine are uh, definitely green bean casserole is my number one. Second is uh, Cynthia found this recipe and it immediately jumped to like my top three. It's a stuffing mix that has uh, sausage in it, and it is delicious. So it sounds like he's saying something just to appease somebody that may be sitting next to him. Just well, throwing that out. I don't, I don't look, know, but that's what like, it sounds like. He's sitting next to me, but that's not why I'm saying it. <laughs> I'm it, really it, it blows. It blows my mind. It blows my mind, Gary, the fact that Tom, all, his two top dishes – are very white dishes. It's always a remix of some traditional dish that used that was fine the way it was, but then they want to spruce it up with. Or, why would you mess up dressing? I'm good like with the plain Add sausage. No, I'm saying don't knock it till you try. I would have never thought. No, 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 no. See, what he's saying though, I think what he's saying is like it's a traditional dish. But you have to mix it up and give it your own flavor. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's just like the whole damn. There's no difference between putting raisins or, or whatever in the, the potato salad. You, it's the potato salad is good. I've never it. had that. I've never no, had I'm that. Saying, I was saying though. I'm not saying that. Uh, that doesn't sound good. But I ain't never had it. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't sound good. Yeah. <laughs> like Tom, you one of those that like grapes in your salad, huh? You just. I, hey, you never know. Look, I, I, no, I, mean, I know, uh, I know. My but, third is probably is probably the mashed potatoes because this is what I like. I like to have my turkey, my turkey, my mashed potatoes, and my dressing, and then just take that gravy and put it over top of all of them at the same time, and it's just like my plate is a cereal, like a cereal Thanksgiving. You know, you got the milk is the gravy. And then you know you got all the you got all the cereal around it. That's yeah. I'm not even. I'm not even. I'm not even talking to him. I'm done with him. So, time because you left us when I said this comment. I would like to hear your input on this. Um, So you're technically because a lot of the dishes you're you're saying you like are also given at Christmas as well. So you're technically having two Christmas dinners, never a Thanksgiving because you already have the tree up. So Christmas has already started, so it's technically two Christmas dinners instead of a Thanksgiving and a Christmas dinner. That's what you know, it sounds like to me. I think I think you can still have a Christmas dinner, I mean a Thanksgiving dinner, but just have your Christmas decorations out. Uh, it's uh, funny, it's you not, weren't like that way a year ago. No. no, I mean, I've been raised by my mom who puts out Christmas decorations, ain't got to do nothing with nobody. <laughs> I'm just saying... I, I I'm I'm not one that cares. That's I'm I'm one that's all right. If you want to put your Christmas decoration out, that's fine. I don't care. But I personally think that you have to celebrate Thanksgiving before you know it's full on Christmas mode. 
That's how I. But it, but it's already started full on Christmas if you got the stuff out. No, because you ain't. We ain't. You know, listening to Christmas music all the time. Um, I will say I have been watching Christmas movies already. See, uh, it's already started. That's mostly for the kids. And you got to teach the kids early. You're teaching them it's all right to start Christmas before Thanksgiving. Well, you know, it's, it's something about that Christmas spirit, just having it more than one time of the year. Well, it is more. It's more than one day. You have 25 days of it. Well, that's just not enough. I'm so disappointed in this whole conversation, <laughs> the fact that we even have to have it. Um, but, okay, I got your three. But now, what time is a suitable time to have okay. Thanksgiving dinner on Thanksgiving. So ours usually happens anytime between 12 and 2. It could be 12.15. It could be 1. We don't really know. It depends on how long it takes to cook. But it's usually in between 12 and 2. What about you, Tom? Because it sounds like it's a whole bunch of lying going on. I, right? I, like, I like to have mine at about 11 or 12. Because that way you can eat. And then football... And then now. And then you got second Thanksgiving afterwards. What what time you saying? Mm-hmm. Eleven. He said eleven or twelve. No, 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 no. I'm that's not that, I know that's what time would be awesome. What time do you normally eat though? Because we gotta be realistic here. Nobody's eating at eleven or twelve o'clock. On Thanksgiving, everybody's eating about two, three. No, four, realistically, five I'm about five. one, one to two. I've had eight at twelve forty-five before, but realistically, it's between one and two. Where gear? My mom cooks, so come to my house the night before, stay the night, and and cook. Uh okay, all right. I because I, I was yeah, I mean, I've I've had ones where we eat about a like like. No, we talking we, we talking about baseline. We ain't talking about those every so often eleven thirty twelve. We talking about that baseline where you like. Well, you know most most people I say it's two o'clock. My mom likes to get it done, or my dad, whoever's cooking, would like to get it done earlier so they don't have to worry about the rest of the day. Well, here's the thing though. How big is the spread though, Gary? Because when your, right. your 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 mom come over, is it just you and her? No, is so it you and her and like a gang of people? No, I've had so the last two years, my brothers came for for Thanksgiving. My grandmother has came, so we had a big group, and I actually have multiple Thanksgivings. So like this year, I'll have a uh, Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving, and then I'll have another Thanksgiving on Friday because my grandmother uh, and my two uncles and my uncle's wife are coming. For Thanksgiving, but they're not going to get here till Thursday evening, and then so we'll do Thanksgiving again with them on Friday. So I'll have Thanksgiving Thursday and Friday. Gary, so that's is your, your girlfriend coming? Just... Is your girlfriend coming for Thanksgiving? No. <laughs> Both answers. <laughs> what did you say? No. He said no to both answers, so she's not coming on Thanksgiving or the second Thanksgiving if they have it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, so I, I I'm gonna call BS on both of y'all because I'll send you a picture of my dinner when it's set when it's ready on uh, Thursday. Okay, all right. I, I I'm I'm gonna welcome that picture with open arms because I'm gonna call BS. I don't think anybody has dinner until about three or later on Thanksgiving as it relates to having Thanksgiving dinner. I know a guy routinely, his baseline is 1030, 
11 o'clock in the morning. They get up at 2 a.m. and they, they have a rotating shift where they get everything done, cooked, and it's completely fresh. So they'll eat at 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning. They'll eat again at like 3 or 4 o'clock at night. And then they hit that, that last cheat meal at about 7 or 8 right before they go to sleep. And they're able to hit Thanksgiving meals three times a day and there's no leftovers. And I was like, man, that's ingenious right there. Our problem is, is we say, hey, we're going to eat at 2 o'clock and don't sit down and eat till 3, 30, 4 o'clock and be starving all day, Gary. I'm talking about starving to the point to where we're arguing with each other, uh, can't stand each other, uh, can't wait till the other person go home, and then we eat and we back settled, back down. <laughs> That's how I know that there's no way that you mugs eat at 12.30, 1 o'clock, that it has to be later. That's what uh -huh. time everybody gathering, but that ain't when, uh, that ain't when everybody eating. I tell you this, I think that you got somebody that's in the family that's over, I'll say 65, 70. I'll say 70. You got somebody in the family that's over 70, that's part of the thing, you eating before noon. Because every time that I've had, like, where I go to somebody, you know, like grandma's house or something, she got, she ready. She 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 got the food ready by the time we get there. Plates are, plates are down by 11.15, 11.30. So, I, I will challenge that. Because my grandmother's over 80, and she literally texted me because she's coming, obviously, for Thanksgiving. And she said, oh, we're not going to eat early because uh, Mama likes to sleep in. So I challenged that because my grandmother does not like to get up early and cook. She likes to sleep in and then cooks when she gets up. Well, then, well, that, you know, that's just, I guess, it depends. It depends. So, you know, maybe, maybe there's a, a fine range between 65 and 79. Where you you want to be in the zone, but once you turn eighty, once you turn eighty, you want to start sleeping in. I got you. I understand what you're getting at. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. So that that's that's I I wanted to ask that question because, you know, again, he said it, they baseline is ten thirty, eleven o'clock, and I was like, man, you lying, because ain't nobody eating before twelve o'clock at all. Even with y'all saying what y'all were saying, he was saying that they eat much earlier than that. And I, I, I couldn't believe it. And he was raised like that. His parents have always been like that. And I'm not sure if their parents was like that to the point to where he had to call his mom and his mom had to tell us like, yeah, we, we routinely eat at 10 30, 11 o'clock in the morning. And to the point to where they eat something different all three times of the day. So they don't have to get everything all at once because they know they're going back for lunch. And they know they're going back for dinner, so they get a chance to not only eat a whole bunch of one thing, but they also get to pace themselves, which sounds pretty cool. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. I, I don't believe it at all. I don't believe it at all. Uh, but with that being said, uh, did y'all guys watch any football this weekend? Oh, yeah. Did you? So I know time watched that Panther game. Well, hey, well, you know what? You can't even play. First of all, Baker made Joe's trash. <laughs> hey, he was your savior before the season started. Y'all were all. I never said that. I never said that. Fan base. I'm not talking about you. All, all I'm saying is, where's PJ Walker at? That's my guy, boy. Hey. Only when it Joe wins. It's funny how that works. Yeah. All right. no, now but, everybody yeah. want PJ. Our offense looks like trash whenever Baker's in there, but. uh but yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think we played 
terrible. I mean, the Ravens are supposed to be one of the best teams in the league, and that game was a lot closer than what it was supposed to be. Ravens also have 48 injuries on their whole team. So hold up. You, are we talking about more victories here, Tom? Is that what you accepted? Oh. Right, we didn't play that bad. I mean, if you lose, you lose. If we're talking to anybody, I'm trying to talk to those Vikings fans today. Correct. Because what in the world happened there? I mean, yeah, I live in Dallas, so I got all these Cowboy fans around me. And, D, I know you're a big Cowboy fan. So congratulations on y'all's big win today. But, God, no, they put that ass whooping on them boys. What in the world happened there? Did y'all see that coming? No, I just I had I did see I do think the Vikings are a little overrated. I thought that from beforehand because if you look at their schedule and how they got their wins, they didn't play very many tough teams and they were always close games. Uh, I don't think they have a Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He's a Ryan Tannehill style quarterback. He's a game manager. He's not a guy that's going to win you games. Uh, he's not an elite quarterback, and I think you have the elite receiver, but you don't have the elite quarterback to get him the ball. I think that plays a big part into it. And they had no answer for anything Dallas did named Tony Pollard. He literally had his way with that team. And I'm a little upset with it because I faced Tony Pollard in fantasy, so that little hurt my heart. But well, I, I can we can can we really can we really talk about the elephant in the room, Gary? Because every week... Why is Zeke still playing? No, 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 no. This goes for you, and it also goes for time. And I am not going to let you live this down, Gary. There was a one Gary Barnage that talked about how great one Aaron Rodgers once was. And you have been continuing to ride this bandwagon. He is trash, Gary. Still good. He absolutely... What? He can't. He, what is he who are you there blaming and, this on? Who is, are you is, blaming this on now? Is who he supposed to go out there and on? tackle Derrick Henry? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Literally. And, and then, how do you let a team that I, I don't understand how you give Aaron Rodgers certain excuses, but you don't give other quarterback excuses like one Kirk Cousins or somebody like that. No, who, now said, nine and two. I said Kirk Cousins is a great game manager. He's a Ryan Tannehill-style quarterback. He's not going to go out there and win you a game. You don't want the ball in his hand to win Aaron you a Rogers game. Aaron Rodgers not doing that now. Aaron Rodgers is not Rod- winning you football games. You put Justin Jefferson with Aaron Rodgers, you have a whole go. different question. Here we go. I- I'm just saying it's Aaron Rodgers done. I think he's done. You saw what Aaron Rodgers did with Devontae Adams. Who's he have right now? Christian Watson. But Devontae Watson? Adams is still doing the same thing that he was doing. He was in Green Bay. Is he, is he though? Aaron Rodgers is, is not doing what Aaron Rodgers was doing when Devontae left. All I'm saying is this, Gary, and I'm and it, it seems like it's validated. That. A lot of people. Devontae is closer to doing what he was doing than Aaron Rodgers was to doing what he was. That's doing. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this is the classic case of Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. Let's see who the better person was, and we found out that the better person was Devontae Adams in this situation. That's I, that's all I want to hear you say because, no. Tom, week in and week out, Gary, we get to hear you complain about Aaron Rodgers not having certain weapons and certain this mm-hmm. and certain that when Tom Brady won a damn Super Bowl with a bunch of Usher boys and uh, 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 janitors. And you're going to tell me, if you're good, you're good, Gary. Correct. You, if you good, you good. Correct. Tom Brady's doing the best that he got with what he are, got. Are, are you here. are you forgetting that uh, Aaron Rodgers is the two time MVP back to back, right? In the last two years. I'm just asking. Are you forgetting that? Yeah, we talking about this year, Gary. Uh, You're I'm, telling me 
You're telling me that he's not done? You're because he can't me, win a football. He can't win a football game. Tom Brady couldn't win a football game at the beginning of the year either. Now he's winning them. Here we go. Here we go. What? What? So when is when is Tom? I mean, Aaron Rodgers gonna start winning games? He did. He beat Dallas last the week and, before, and, and and he lost to the Tennessee Titans, who were first in their division. Bro, the Green Bay is four and six, Gary, and they could still sneak into the playoffs. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> All right. You're so delusional, bro. You and Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> the Panthers. It's not even sneak into the playoffs. The Panthers. No, I don't even talk like that. Panthers can't even get past the Falcons, and the Falcons are terrible. And I want to say, didn't the didn't the Packers get eliminated from the playoff contention? They have. No. They have they, not. They have. Yes, they have. Yes, they have, Gary. No, they have. Yes, they not. have. It, it it amazes me. I wish you believed in me like you believe in Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I, I I wish you had that much belief in me, man, because that's all you ever talk about. Like, what what did Aaron Rodgers ever do for you, Gary? Why do you like Aaron Rodgers so much? I don't. I just think he's a good quarterback. Okay. Well, I, I got to tell you this, uh, and then we can move on from the football conversations. I was having a I was having a very good football conversation with my brother Bill, man. And uh, we watched uh, football and stuff uh, Saturday. And we was watching uh, college football. Uh, Memphis had just beat Northern Alabama 59-0. Oh, who? Uh, North Alabama. Oh. Yeah, we beat them 59 to 0, 6 and 5. We're now bowl eligible. But we're sitting over there watching games and stuff, and he asked me a question. It was a simple question that I thought. And he goes, Name the three, name your top three running backs of all time. And I go, Okay. I go, Hmm. This is going to be easy. My number one was Barry Sanders. My number two shocked him, and then my number three was Gail Sayers. You know who my number two was? Well, Dan Tomlinson. No. They said that my number two was not better than LaDainian Tomlinson. They said my number two is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. And when I say they, I'm talking about Marcus Bell. He said that Adrian Peterson is not a he first was the first ballot. He's not ballot the two all time. Hall of what? He's crazy, bro. Look, you I got AP number one. Look, look, you're, look, you, you tell are me, drunk. You tell you tell me something that Adrian Peterson couldn't do that Jim Brown couldn't do because that's what he is. He's a modern upgrade from Jim Brown. So if Jim Brown is Barry Sanders, Jim five, Brown, Walter Payton, are, are you serious, Gary? Adrian Peterson is a upgrade. To Jim Brown. Can we talk? Can we talk about how he that time just and, said and Adrian Peterson's better than Barry Sanders? Can we talk about say, that for a second? He, he, he said he, he has Adrian Peterson number one. He didn't say that. He didn't say. He that. just left the chat on that one. He but just you know, left the group on that one. But but here's the thing, Gary. You know who he Adrian said. Adrian Peterson's my number one. You, you know who he said. You know who he said was number one overall though. That 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 was the best. And then he put a star beside it. I said, "Now nah, you can't put a star beside it." He said, "Bo Jackson." He said, "How can Adrian you have O.J. Simpson?" He brought him up. He said, "What about Sweetness Walter Payton? What about him?" And I said, "Dude, let me tell you something about Adrian Peterson, bro. Adrian Peterson is the first player in American football history that has come back from ACL, Gary, at running back and win the MVP of the entire league." 
And you're gonna disrespect this man and say he's not a first ballot hall. They t- but they told me Terrell I Davis. I said he is a first ballot hall. They said man. Terrell Davis was better than him, Gary. No, that's disrespectful. No, oh, bro. Way. I was fighting for my. I was fighting for my. Uh, my opinions life. This is this. Somebody needs a whooping. Right. But can we Somebody needs a whooping. Can case. you acknowledge that time just said Adrian Peterson is better than Barry Sanders? Nah, he ain't better than Barry Sanders. But the, the knock against Barry Sanders was this. This this was the knock against yeah. Barry Sanders though. This is this might be you got to hear this one time. I asked I, I said well why isn't Barry Sanders number one on your list? Because Earl Campbell was a lot higher. He was number one on people's list. Walter Payton was a lot of uh on on their list as number one. And they said the reason why he wasn't number one on their list is because Barry Sanders never hit the hole that he was supposed to hit. They were saying that in an offense where it's designed for you to hit the hole that you supposed to hit, that Barry Sanders wouldn't have been as effective or near as effective as he was in the Lions offense where there was no holes there and he had to create his own running room. I said, what kind of shit is that? For you to come up with something like that, to even suggest something like that, because this man was unreal. He was elite on all levels, Gary. High school, college, and the pros. He peaked in every... Uh, level of football and he kept getting better. And you going to tell me that this man is not the greatest of all time? I think he is. Name somebody else that peaked at all three levels. Okay, we talk about Bo Adrian Jackson. Peterson. Adrian was great all three levels. I'm not yeah, but, but, but but here's the thing though. He, they was, they, I, I don't understand. They <coughs> was like, I don't even understand how you would put Adrian Peterson in your top five. Because Ladanian Thomason is Look, better than him. He's got an MVP. He's got an MVP. How many running backs, you know, like since the game? Like, and that was wild. Like, the game here's, was here's, a, here's, the, here's the thing, though, Tom. Here's the thing. He hit me with the same argument that we hit about LeBron James. He said mm-hmm. longevity. Because I was telling him, I said, if we're going to go with longevity, you got to go Frank Gore. And they go, oh, that man been playing. Or Emmitt Smith. You, you, that's, that man played for 30 years. I said, if that's the case. I it's said, the if- level they play at, though. It's not just about longevity. You know, because you can be like AP. I, I, I'm going to call BS on that. I'm calling BS on that because J.J. Watt's a first ballot Hall of Famer or a Hall of Famer, and he only had three good years. Now, those three years that he had was absolutely insanely bananas. But, yes. Three years. So when we talk about longevity, I told him, I said, look, you can't use longevity against Adrian Peterson. You can't use it against Frank Gore. You can't use it against these running backs that play 15 and 20 years, because if that's the case, then you have to use that same theory against Tom Brady. Correct. Tom Brady in 20 years have won seven championships. But you look at other quarterbacks that did what, five or six like the Joe Montana's of the world or not, not necessarily five or six as a, but like two or three because they don't stay 20 years and play at that level. See, so I if don't, that's the case, you would have to, you'd have to take away, you'd have to use the same section like first 10 years, the first 12 years. And if you carve that pile, then Tom Brady is just as, he's just like any other quarterback out there. But now if you put in longevity, now you're talking about him being the greatest. You see, see what I'm saying? That's the problem I have with longevity. I know time loves longevity when it comes to basketball. Because it, LeBron it, James. Right. I think longevity is a joke. I think it comes down to what you you did stats-wise 
and you compare the career of the two players you want to compare, and then based on their stats they accumulated in their career. So if you wanted to use LeBron, you'd say however many years Jordan played, you can take LeBron's best years of those and then Jordan's best years. Compare them. Whoever had the better stats, better player. You could do the same thing with Barry Sanders and Adrian Peterson. Barry Sanders played 30 less games than Adrian Peterson, but had 300 more total yards rushing than Adrian Peterson. Think about it, 30 less games. But because if somebody decides to retire because they don't feel like playing anymore or their body won't allow them to play because of the punishment or whatever, that should not penalize somebody. If you were able to play 10 straight years and be amazing at that all 10 years, and you put up outstanding numbers that takes 17 years for other players to beat, you did something special that you were able to do it in 10 years. That shouldn't be held against you. It should be based on what the stats you create when you played. And if it takes somebody 17 years to pass you, it shows you how much better that person was doing it in 10. A la Barry Sanders. Right, right. I, I We had that. But then we switched over to basketball. We switched over to basketball, and this is the conversation that we had. <laughs> we switched over to basketball, and it had me, it upset me because um, we started talking about uh, players, just players just in general. And there was a comment made that uh, it was like, ah, who do you think is the greatest defensive player in basketball all time? And uh, Bell goes, it has to be a center. Matambo, he was talking about, uh, you know, anybody that's, you know, just down in the inside as a center, correct? You you feel where I'm going with this, Gary? Yeah. And I go, nah. I was like, I'm going to tell you who the best defensive player of all time is. And I was like, and you ain't going to like it. Because that's literally all he was. He was a walking Lockup machine, and he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa! I know exactly who you're gonna say. You're gonna say Gary Payton, and I go, no, nah, Gary Payton's number two on my list. He's number two on my list, Gary. My number one, and he was like, well, what are you talking about, Michael Jordan? And I said, nah, Michael Jordan. He was on that team though, and I said Dennis Rodman, and he goes, nah, Dennis Rodman was an exceptional rebounder. He was the greatest rebounder of all time, but I, I can't see him as the greatest defender of all time. And I said, bro, that's all he could do is defend and rebound. We would put him on our best, or you're going to put him on your best player. And he was like, well, 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 well he didn't guard uh, AI. He didn't guard uh, uh, when he was playing with the Pistons. He didn't guard Jordan. And I go, but the, the Bulls never beat the Pistons because they was the bad boys. Got quiet. And I go, he was like, well, poll anybody. And if you think defense, Dennis Rodman is not a guy that come up. Man, I, I want to hear your thoughts on that, Gary. When you talk, when you think in defense, obviously if you a center like Matambo or anybody down there as a center, I'm talking about a true lockdown basketball player. Like, hey, I'm going to put you on my best player and I'm going to need you to limit them. You know, I know Andre Iguodala, uh, didn't really limit LeBron James in the finals. He ended up getting the MVP. But I, what did he hell? What did he hold LeBron to? Thirty, twenty-five, or something, something like, like that? that. Yeah, that's still insane to me. But I, I remember Dennis Rodman, bro. He would just—he was a baller on defense. So for you to say that he wasn't the greatest of all, and he has two—he had two NBA All Defensive Players 
of the year awards and seven and seven NBA uh, all defensive team awards. So I, I, I want to hear what you had to say about that. Who would you yeah. say when you say best defensive player to come through the NBA? So obviously, I think when everybody talks about best, people are going to go to centers because they impact the game in a tremendous amount of way. Uh, but I think if you took away the center aspect, I think most people would say Gary Payton because that's what he was known as, the glove. Right, the glove. But Gary Payton did get torched multiple times too. But nobody talks about that because they say you can't stop everybody every time. But I will say there was one player that did now, very like we talked about, who limited players to the whole time, but he only did it for about three years, and he hasn't been the same player since. And he's playing right now. Kawhi Leonard for a stretch, literally unstoppable. For three three years now, that was it. Other than that, he, you can say whatever you want. But for a three-year span – Literally, you could not score on him. But I wouldn't I would never put him as the best defender of all time. But I would say you have your, your spurts. I would right. say Dennis Rodman, like you said, was only known for that. So I don't think it's crazy to put him up there in the top three or your number one. It could be interchangeable with different players. I don't think it's crazy because that's all he did, and he was really good at it. Now, Grant, would he be a good defender in today's NBA? No, because you're not allowed to be physical now. So I don't think he'd be good in today's NBA, but back then I think he was amazing because you could be physical. And I think that changes everything about it. And so I think Gary Payton would still be good in today, maybe because they took away the hand check. The hand check is a huge aspect that got took away because it limited points and we want more points in the NBA. So that was a big difference, but I, I don't have any argument with Dennis Rodman being your number one. I could see – I have no problem with somebody saying Gary Payton either. And obviously I think a center transitions Who else is after that, though? Like when you – centers like Matambo and – like who else would you put You got Hakeem. You have Shaq as a, as a center. I mean, with Shaq in Orlando days, unstoppable as a defender because he was super athletic. Yeah. He still was beginning of L.A., but, like, yeah. as a defender, he was outraged, but he was starting to gain his weight then. Yeah. Orlando Shaq was a whole other animal. Yeah. You could say but, Dwight early Dwight Howard as a center was outrageous. Bro, that's what I was saying. I, I, I brought that back. I said, dude, you know how easy it is to get defensive player of the year right now? I was like, the you do know it. Rudy Gobert gets it every year, and I think Rudy Gobert is terrible. Unbelievable. That just lets you know how defensive – this league have gotten in order to play defense. I can we get to a more serious conversation though, Gary? Yeah. Uh, and I'm railroading you, and then you know we can end this podcast. But I want to. Well, what's 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 different than no- normal? You always railroad me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this this is gonna be a great conversation though, Gary. This I think this is a conversation that 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 kind of need to be had. But uh, I I, I want to have this conversation because my wife got mad at me. My wife got mad at me for having this conversation. And this conversation goes like this. Uh, a few weeks ago, or weekends ago, I'm not quite sure when it happened, it was a, did you see the airplanes that collided in the air show? Yes. Okay. I told my wife, I said, honey, I don't understand why we're still doing air shows. I I, I, I can understand the need back in the days to do air shows. I, I, I don't know if, I again, I don't know anything about the pilots, I don't know anything about like 
I, I've never been to an air show in my life. All, all I know is, is I saw them crash and I was like, I didn't even think we still did it. Like, wh- where's the excitement in an air show, Gary, is what I'm trying to figure out. One, and then two, how does this happen? Explain to me how does this happen? And then three, wh- wh- like, who sets this stuff up? Like, how do you sell tickets to an air show, Gary? Like, this is not, I, I, there's a lot of questions that I have. Like, this is not like this is like a circus or an event underneath, like a building where you can come in. This is not like, this is, this is the whole airspace. Like, it, how, how do you even regulate this? So I have never been to an air show. I have no care to go to an air show. Does not intrigue me one bit. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't. What 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 adrenaline? Like what? So I make it make sense. What makes an air show entertaining to people is because they do death defying acts. They fly each other and get as close as they can and then pull away at the last second. They do loop-de-loops. They do flips. They come at each other, do flips, and then go right next to each other. They do death-defying stunts that you see at circuses, Cirque du Soleil, and all this kind of stuff, but they're doing it in planes. And it was a huge thing back in the day. And I think it's it, ha- it still goes on, but it's not as frequent as it used to be. Obviously, back in the day, it was something because that was newer. It was a newer thing, and it was a way to draw to draw attention to flying and planes and stuff like that, get people more more pilots and more interested in flying. And now I don't think that's an issue. I think that's people have that interest in themselves. They don't have to go to an air show for that. I think it's more of just people enjoy it because they get the adrenaline of seeing the death-defying acts, just like you do when you see somebody swallow a sword or, th- or throwing swords at somebody while they're spinning. Things like that. That's a death-defying act because there is a chance something could go wrong. And that gets people's adrenaline spiking. And I think that's why people go to these things. Just like hockey. I'm not a hockey fan. But people enjoy hockey because a lot of people like to see fights happen. A lot of people I know that go to hockey. They don't even know what, what how the game's played. They just look to see, they see it's high fast, high pace speed, and they get to hit each other and there's fights. And that's why they enjoy it. That's fine. And I think the same thing with the air show. I think people like to see the death-defying stunts and that chance. They don't want to see something happen, but there's a chance that it could, just like NASCAR. They don't want to see a wreck, but there's a chance it could be, happen. And people love seeing wrecks, even though people's lives are in the balance. But they like to see a wreck because it's crazy. It's adrenaline pushing. And I think that's why air shows are still around. <clears throat> now, how does that happen? I have no idea how you, how planes crash into each other like that. Obviously, there's a miscue. But why? If you're going to do an air show, just do something with one plane doing death defying stunts. Don't have multiple. And Because this just happened, again, I think a few months ago. This happened again as well. At another air show, there was another wreck. It could have been longer than that, but it seems like every year this happens at air shows. I feel like they got to do something where they can eliminate that aspect. But again, then it wouldn't be the air show you expect. And see, so I I haven't had this conversation with my father-in-law yet. I can't wait till he get home. He's been on vacation, uh, but I can't wait till he get home because I remember having just vaguely having conversations with him. 
about uh, uh, the Marines. I, I don't know if you know this, Gary, but uh, doing basic training, we lose, you know, quite a number of Marines, you know, each year or each couple of years through the training. And he goes, they need to shut that facility down. And I go, what? He goes, yeah, it's just it's too many deaths. They need to change their level of training. And I told I changed their methods of training. And I said, Dad, it's not the activities that they're doing. It's how hard they're pushing them during these activities. So it's not like it, it's not like, even if they change the activity, it's the intensity of that activity that's potentially costing us, you know, these young people lives. That's just the the hardships of going through this type of training is pushing yourself to the brink. And some people that are pushed themselves don't know how to turn that down. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So after having that conversation with him, I was like, well, this was going to be interesting because he he loves air shows. They've, they've gone to, him and my wife have gone to a number of air shows and they absolutely love them. And I asked him like, hey, what do y'all get out of air shows? And they was like, well, when you grow up, you know, in that side, you know, they're, you go to them all the time. And I, I couldn't imagine that, Gary. Couldn't imagine that. Because anything up there is like deadly. You know, it, this is completely different from, you know, the potential, you know, you see a car wreck in NASCAR, there's a potential for them to walk away. There's a potential for them to walk away in hockey. But when you see these, you know, these planes collide, the potential of them walking away are slim to none. There's no walking away, Gary. Correct. That's that, that's that's a that's a morgue visit. So it's 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 interesting to see that you know accident after accident, and she was, and 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 she defended it by saying that you know these accidents don't happen all the time. And I was like, are they not frequent enough for us to stop air shows? Because I know, would say they probably one, happen at least once, once every year or two years at minimum. Right. How frequent do they have to happen for us to say, okay, you know what, this right here might not be safe. We probably should shut this down. So I, I think it's That's interesting because I'm, I'm going to go back to what you said about the conversation you had with your uh, father-in-law about the Marine stuff because I want to have that conversation with him because – What Navy SEALs is what it was. Yeah, I knew, I knew what you are talking about, the Navy yeah. SEAL, the BUDS stuff. I have no problem with how hard they train. The oh, I don't either. So the reason why – you want the best of the best defending us. Just like I don't agree with lowering standards to get into the army or the military. I don't agree with that. If they, people want to join it, they need to meet those standards. Don't lower it to make it easier because you want the best of the best defending our freedom and fighting for us because the best of the best is going to be fighting for the other countries. They're going to do their, everything they can. So if we make it easier on our people and take it easier, other countries aren't going to do that. So then we'll be at a disadvantage, and I don't want that. I think we need to have the best, just like every other country is probably doing the same thing. They want to make sure they have the best of the best. So why will we make things easier for you to pass, and then you get in these situations that could happen in real life when you're overseas or if you're doing or something goes on, and you get put in that situation, and you don't know how to handle it or you can't live up to the expectation, and something happens, and all of you, your, your platoon or – your your group getting killed because you're not able to hold your thing. That is not what you want to see. You don't want to see more lives because of that. I think I think things should be harder to get into than lowering standards for the military. Because uh, I think it's too easy in the aspect of just passing stuff because they keep lowering the standards, lowering the standards. 
we want the best of the best fighting. I, that's how I play. I'm never going to do it, so I guess I I don't have the right to say a lot of stuff about it. But I would want the best people fighting for my freedom, even even if there's casualties in the act of becoming that Navy SEAL or becoming that greatest fighter and of again, all time. There doesn't have to be. They have a bell. You can go ring the bell and stop at any moment. They choose to push themselves further than they think they further and further and harder and harder and put themselves in that position. They can ring that bell and walk away, but something in them tells them to keep going. They can, because that's the, that's the whole thing. They have a bell. Yeah. I understand ring, that, but, but you're not going to, because you want to succeed. But that's the tough one though, Gary, because this, this is what you got to understand. I'm pushing myself the, the entire time that I I'm agree. trying to be the best in the world. You're going to push me. I don't know how hard is too far before too far is too far. I agree. That's all I'm saying. So so is there a test out there that you can put me through that we say, okay, all right, we know that we can't go this far. We know this is the brink right here. I but I know it's different from every person. So The only reason why I say no is because the test is very similar. They've been doing it forever. And we're going to make it easier now. They didn't make it easier previously. But yeah, we're going to make it because, easier now because our generation yeah. now wants to make it easier to get into it? No. I disagree. Gary, just because we've been doing it forever doesn't make it right. That's think, all I'm saying. I think it was harder, way harder before, and people were still passing it and getting and still being a – again, that's who you want fighting for our freedom. If I can go over there and sign up for it and you make it easy enough for me to pass, I should not pass it. And I'm not, and I know I wouldn't pass it, but I'm saying it should not be lowered where I would have the opportunity to pass it. I want somebody that is so much more of a badass than me to be able to do this, to fight for our freedom, and to go on these high intense missions that are needed for what we need them for. I got you, man. All right. Even if it's going to cost you casualties doing. Uh, it's minimal versus long term. Would you rather have a minimum casualty or would you rather have multiple? Three. I'd rather not have any casualties. It's there. impossible. So here, okay, the reason why I say it's impossible. So say you have two during training, but say you lower the standards and those two don't die, they make it, and then all 12 die because those two couldn't keep up with the other 10. Now you just had 12 tragedies versus two. So you I'm saying, very serious about this game. No, because again, I, it's who I would want to fight for me. I want the best of the best. I don't. And that's a line from Men in Black. Sorry, but that's what I would want. <laughs> I want the best of the best to be fighting for us. I don't want somebody who just got passed because we feel sorry because people can't make it. Or same, same, same with the military. Like the mil- like the whole army is. I don't think regulations should be lowered because enough people can't pass the test. Then they don't deserve to be in the military. It's not like it's not a knock. It's, they can work harder and try realist again. Okay, so you, that's all. So you don't think that? So with with, and I I hate to pigeonhole you like this, Gary, but I'm gonna have to do it to you, and then we're gonna go. So you don't think that the test should be the test, regardless of you being a man or a woman. That's Correct. what you're saying. Correct. So you. It shouldn't be like, hey, it shouldn't be men have to do 60, women have to do 40. It should be Correct. everybody got to do 60 or everybody got to do 40. The only reason why I say it is because war doesn't pigeonhole by, by male or female. True. I respect They that. don't care who you are on the other side. 
Yeah. You still got to do the same job. If if your if your platoon mate gets shot, you have to carry them. It doesn't matter if they're 260 and you're 140. Your job is to carry that person and get them to safety. If you can't do that, then why are you hard on? You hard on them, Gary. You hard on them. I, I everybody. I thank you guys for joining the Cinema <laughs> the Sugar Podcast. Cause Gary, let me let me get out of here before you get us canceled, man. Thank y'all for listening to us. Because we I'm out. <laughs> we out. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 